Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, the weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. Little sleepy boy, just a little, a little stretching. Stretch. Kenneth Branagh just knocked my ass out. This week we will be talking about three movies. First, the new Steven Soderbergh thriller, Kimmy, mm-hmm. uh, on HBO Max. You know, he calls himself Steven, Steven Soderbergh, but I've never even seen him drink Coke. We're done. This <laughs> is done. Just, like, the line just goes dead. Like. This, is, this is done. Um, and then we're going to be talking about the new Kenneth Branagh mystery, um, whodunit, Death on the Nile, and as such, we will be talking about the first in the series, 2017's Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, the real mystery is who the fuck those movies are for, am I right? Before we get into all that jazz, how you doing? I'm tired. I'm, yeah. I'm sleepy. I was I was ready to go. I was energized. I was, I was cooking with grease so that Kenneth Branagh... Maybe he did it to me. <laughs> he had to do it to me. He had to do it to you. Obviously, we'll get into that a little later. But uh, how, how, are, how are you doing? I'm vibing. Yeah. I, I want to talk to you about uh, about this a little bit because I heard that, that somebody who was refusing to start Euphoria started <laughs> Euphoria. <laughs> okay. All right. uh, how far are you? You two episodes two in? Two episodes in. Uh, you liking it? Take it so it's good. It's good. It's... I, I am mostly impressed with the, the filmmaking and, and the presentation of it's it. It's really the filmmaking. I think I, I think Zendaya's really good. Some of the other... Uh, uh, who plays Jules? Uh, Hunter Schaefer. They're really good, too. She's good. Um, everyone else has yet to convince me a little bit. It teeters into, like, Degrassi like, territory, like, every once in a while. But it's I, certainly over the top, but in a way that feels... It's never in a way that's not entertaining yeah you know what i mean 100 like, like you know and and i think it handles its, and sam levinson he shoots the fuck out of that he shot. does it, it looks fucking terrific um, the uh, like that was my favorite yeah the rotating hallway shot in the first episode was super impressive Inception. yeah <laughs> super impressive did you hear how they did that they literally strapped the other actors to the, the floors yeah, when they did they do the like they built a hallway or whatever yeah but, yeah. yeah fucking um Really impressive editing to flow yeah, to flow it's, scenes it's together. Almost, it's almost Edgar Wrighty the Edgar way Wrighty. everything kind of like folds into itself. A like, Wachowski yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm glad you're enjoying the it's, soundtrack. It's the good. soundtrack yeah, bangs. The score's awesome. No, 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 it's it's really good. I'm really enjoying it so far. I will probably keep watching, and I will uh, keep you posted. Absolutely, Succession's so good. I need to I'm start at, that. I'm, I'm gonna finish season one today. It's really impressive. I need. Need to start. Um, what else? What other Any TV movies? shows? No, I, I haven't watched anything between then and now. Um, did we talk about the talk about the Book of Boba Fett finale yet? I don't think we've mentioned that much. Oh, maybe uh, a couple times. I watched Book of Boba Fett. You haven't seen Mandalorian yet, so you're. Still... I don't care about Book of Boba Fett. That's but, fair. So That's tell fair. me about it's, it. It's okay. It, it has its it has its ups and downs. This is the TV corner of the week. Yeah, welcome to TV shakedown. Small screen shakedown. Small screen shakedown. Um, <laughs> I I, bu- I bumped the I bumped the mic. Yeah. Okay. So Book of Boba Fett. It's it, it starts really compelling as this sort of like gangster story about Boba Fett trying to like 
find redemption and become a leader and all that. And it's like, it's really interesting up until it, it cuts away to the Mandalorian in season five or in episode five, which I'm sure you've heard about. Um, it's a good episode in a vacuum, but it really derails things like, yeah. like the progression of the story. And then episode six is the worst episode of the season by far. Uh, CGI Luke is the worst thing to come out of Disney Star Wars. Uh, everything in the prequels is better than CGI or in the sequels is better than CGI Luke. Um, he's awful and I hate looking at him. Uh, that being said, the Book of Boba Fett finale kind of brings it back a little bit. It's goofy. I mean, he rides a rancor, like, um, but it, you know, it's good. They're, it's solid. Freaking, uh, Cad Bane showing up again is really cool, even though it's a little, little late, but, um, yeah, it's all right. As okay. far as Star Wars stuff goes. Mm. It's probably on par with, okay, it's, it's worse than Mando season two, but like, the best parts of Book of Boba Fett are on par with Mando Season 2, I would say. I still think Mando Season 1 is the best. What would you rate the season? Like a... Th- I think I gave it a 3 out of 5 on that fucking... On, on, on Serialized? Yeah. Um, uh, you're, watching, you're watching Peacemaker? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say Pam and Tommy is really good. The, the new episode of that I watched last week. Uh, very good. Very good. Uh, Lily James is... And, uh, Sebastian. Sebastian Stan. I was like, what's his fucking name? Uh, on another level. They're great. They're great. Uh, Seth, Seth Rogen, really, really likable in the lead. And Nick Offerman's really funny. It's really good. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of waiting to see where it's going. Yeah. Like, like, because I, I mean, I wasn't... I was either wasn't alive or I was... Or when was that? Like, 96? Yeah, you weren't alive. Um... Uh, so I don't really know how things like end up, like where this is all kind of heading. So I'm I'm intrigued for sure. It's um it's really good so far. And then Peacemaker wraps up this week. Uh, Peacemaker is the best show of the year so far. I am I have been hugely surprised by it. I didn't think it would ever go the places it's gone to emotionally. And like James Gunn clearly has so much love for the characters in this show, and that's really what makes the show work okay. is the character work and the relationships. I, I think I've said it before, some of the humor is kind of hit or miss. It's a little juvenile, but, like, even, like, the juvenile humor speaks to, like, the themes and, like, the character because he is, like, a big eight-year-old, and that's kind of, like, you know, a, a lot of, like, the trauma he has. You know, it's a, it's more, it's, a, it's a TV show in 2022, so it's about trauma, but, you know. Yeah. But it's good. It, it handles it really well. I'm really entertained by it. I think it's, I think it's great so far. The last episode might have been the best one in the season so far. Let's go. Um, and I'm it, planning on watching I'm it. very excited to watch the finale. Yeah. We should watch the pilot for it sometime. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. The only, um, the only other show I'm watching besides Euphoria and Succession is, uh, it's with a group of friends I'm watching The Legend of Vox Machina. How was that? Uh, for those who don't know, it's the, uh, the famous D&D, like, podcast Critical Role. I see. Uh, they did a Kickstarter for an animated show, yeah. and then it got it's picked the up by- like, It's the most successful Kickstarter of all time. And then it got picked up by Amazon. Um... And it's in, like, an anime-style, like, like um, Avatar The Last Airbender, yeah. like, anime-esque. Um, exactly. I think it's the same animation yeah. studio. And the start was rough. Yeah. The first three That's episodes, it's going for this, like, badass, like, R-rated thing, but it doesn't hit that. Instead, it hits, like, juvenile 12-year-old, like, swearing. Yeah, like lord kind of. Like, trying so hard to get that rating yeah it's improved once it start when once it dropped that shit and started like focusing on character stuff yeah. like the last three uh, episodes seven eight nine were actually very good oh. like i was enjoying them a lot mm-hmm. it just had to drop the bullshit first. yeah 
But at the point I'm at, if the season can wrap up well in the in the next three episodes, then I'd give it a, a soft recommend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, and that's TV. That concludes that, TV corner. That concludes the the small screen shakedown. We'll be back next week with I, I'm sure the same shows. The same shows. You can talk about the Peacemaker finale. Hell yes. Want to get into the movies? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with the new Soderbergh film. It feels like we were reviewing one last year because we were because this dude just pumps He's these a, motherfuckers a, out. A work ethic that is that is unto unheard of. Um and and so Kimmy follows a a girl. I'm pulling up the Wikipedia because I do not remember the character's name. Uh, Angela. Is it Angela? Uh, it is. Angela. Whoa! You got oh, it. I did. I was. That was like totally a guess. And this is set during COVID. The pandemic. During the pandemic, and uh, Angela suffers from agoraphobia. She's she's afraid to go outside. She's afraid to leave her apartment. Does not care for the outside world. And she basically is a um, a software analysis for like a fictionalized version of Alexa called, called Kimmy. Kimmy. That, and like, she, she, the, the gimmick of Kimmy, the reason that makes it better than like Alexa and stuff is that there's like these moderators that listen to the recordings and if, and Kimmy, Kimmy doesn't understand something, they change the code to make so Kimmy Kimmy's understand. like constantly learning, learning. because of human uh, And she's one of these people. And one day while on the job, she hears a voice recording that is a, that sounds like a violent crime. Yes. And that catapults her into she, a... She tries to report it, and that, that spirals into a whole... A, a chaotic mystery. A conspiracy, if you will. <coughs> and uh, that's pretty much the basic premise yes, of is. Kimmy. What do you think of Kimmy? I thought this movie was pretty fucking sick. I really... I enjoyed this movie for the most part. Yeah. Um, I thought it was driven by a very great performance by mm-hmm. Zoe Kravitz. Great direction by Steven Soderbergh. It's very... Very taut, very tense. Very tense. The man Finally, a movie that uses Dutch angles correctly. Incredibly correctly. The, so the, the, the kind of directorial gimmick is the first half takes place entirely in the apartment. You know, pandemic stuff, there's like Zoom calls. Yeah. and A lot of very like still shots. It's very like... Very, very... It's all on a tripod. Yeah, very slow. It's very like... It feels like... Perfect because the character has like these habits is, that she's yeah, going through. Everything's like very well structured. So she has to like do these things in order, brush her teeth, take her pills. Um, and so it feels perfect. And then when she actually has to venture out into the real world to solve this mystery, the camera goes crazy. It's like wobbling all it's over the place. Wobbling. I think the footage is like sped up or it's manipulated speed ramp- a little speed bit. ramped up. Yeah. Looked like Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Um, and it's super off-putting in a in a very. It's, it's good such a way. simple trick yeah. to like switch the filmmaking, but it completely changes the vibe of the movie. It's it's genius, I think. And it's awesome. Uh, in particular, I was I was pretty much in love with the first half of this movie. Yeah. Uh, just her in her apartment, the routine. <clears throat> I think she's supposed to be playing a character that's autism coded yeah Aut- that's that's kind of what i picked up um on. with the like with the constant need for habit and for mm-hmm. with the uh when it goes wrong she kind of gets like kind of freaks out a little bit um and yeah again that performance is really mm-hmm. impressive very strong performance it's basically like um it's like a it's like a hitchcock black mirror episode because as she starts to like it's like based around like technology and all that, but but you know it's her like on the run and everything, and so 
I, I guess, uh, you know, we both liked it. I, I guess we can't really talk about the plot before we get into, like, the spoilers and stuff. Um, uh, with The last thing I'll say without spoilers, I guess, is I do think this movie kind of derails in the third act for me. Yeah. I think tonally it, it feels like it... Um, Any scene... That involves someone killing someone else with a nail gun is automatically A plus in my book. I, I think that's a spoiler. I, I, what? Uh, somebody kills someone with a nail gun? Yeah. I don't think that's a spoiler. I didn't say who. <laughs> okay. You know what, Kyle? I think you're a snowflake. That's what I think. Let's get into spoilers then. <laughs> Let's get into spoilers. Out of ten. No! What the fuck? Four out of five. This movie's great. Three and a half out of five. Uh, uh, so Zoe Kravitz kills a bad guy with a nail gun, and uh, see that's a spoiler, Kyle. Um, and then, uh, and that's basically the centerpiece around the whole third act is like it's this action scene in her apartment where the people who are after her kind of finally catch up to her, uh, and w what she has discovered in in hunting down this conspiracy and everything is that the murder was done by I don't remember the character's name. But he is like he's like the Jeff Bezos of of the Kimmies. Brad. Yeah, he, he's like the CEO of this of this company, and he has like been like trying to cut like the the uh, yeah. person who was murdered turned the Kimmy on when it was about to happen, and that's why it picked it up. And he's been trying to like cover up this whole situation. Right, and I conceptually that works for me. <laughs> the antagonists of this movie are fucking. Dunderhead, goofy ass motherfuckers that can't yeah. do anything right. They're slipping. They reminded me of the Wet Bandits. Bro, from they're, Home the, Alone. they're the Three Stooges. Yeah, that's the point. The Home Alone. It turned. It literally the movie turns into violent Home Alone at the end. Um, Good shit. <laughs> I don't know because, it, like, conceptually, I don't mind the idea of like silly, goofy bad guys. I thought the performances sucked for them. I thought they weren't. I didn't, like, I didn't even pick up on that. I was like, I was like, yeah, this is fun. Like, I, I, I they, they didn't even register for me. It just <laughs> like her neighbor who becomes a part of the movie is played by that dude from Home Alone, which is funny. Oh yeah. Um, but it, I don't know. It, it the third act just it fell flat compared last to shot's what kind of, the last shot's cheesy. It, it, compared to what I was expecting. Um, what tonally the movie set up, I think that it, it felt weird. See, to I didn't me. really think it, it went against the tone that much. I didn't really. I didn't, no, I didn't really get that at all. Interesting. I like. Maybe you're just weird, Kyle. Uh, yeah, Kimmy's weird. Yeah, Kimmy is fucking weird. Um, can we say that about her? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is she listening I, right now? Um, but it. Yeah, like, I, I was so much enjoying... I, I, what I will say, I love the score. Mm -hmm. Cliff Martinez went fucking dummy. It's so weird and off-putting. Yeah. And, um... I mean, he's done some of my favorite scores of mm -hmm. the... Of ever. Yeah. Ever. Drive. Yeah. In particular. <laughs> but, uh... I, I want to look at who shot this movie, because I will... Like, the visuals are all all, all super nice. Steve Soderbergh yeah. himself. Yes, that is true. And he edited it. Too. Oh, nice. Dude's a Good tank. And it was written by David Kep. Who? Oh. David Kep wrote Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, shit. And, um... No, Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park. I want you to listen to some of this dude. Wait, let's break down David Kep for a minute. Okay. Because he's written some amazing movies. Okay. And some movies. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Sure. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Okay. Mission the first one? Yep. Mission Impossible. The first one? Yep. Panic Room. Okay. War of the Worlds. Okay. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay. The Mummy. The the, the remake. Oof. 
Angels and Demons. Yikes. Carlito's Way. Oh, okay. So, like, what the fuck? What, a, what, a, what an eclectic... Jack Ryan Shadowburger. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's such a confusing writing career. Honestly, spread your wings, David Cap. You you do what you feel like you need to do. Um, But, yeah, I, I don't have too much more to say. It's super simple, super I, short. I, I just went into this with no expectations, so I was just kind of... I don't know, I... I... I, I didn't feel like anything the movie did really betrayed, like, the tone or the theme. I thought it was pretty consistently tense and sleek, like, the whole way. It's, it's a very it's a very taut, very tight thriller, and I think, I don't know, I think I think if that's your thing, check it out, for sure. Absolutely. This isn't even the only Soderbergh movie to end with a freeze frame in the last few years. You're right. Yeah. Um, what a maniac. <laughs> what a, a mad lad, if you I, will. I always appreciate watching his movies because he always experiments. Yeah, true. He's always, always, but he doing, shot, he's always fought, doing something. No Sudden Move was shot on, like, fisheye. Yeah. This one was shot, weirdly, in... Yeah, the unsaved on unsaved the iPhone. Unsaved on the iPhone. Uh, dude, oh, he, he, he shot a movie with a porn star as the lead. <coughs> uh, yeah, good for him. He's chilling. Uh, yeah, watch it. HBO Max. Yeah, check it out. You want to get on to the other ones? Let's get it out of the way. 2017. Okay. Kenneth Branagh releases Murder on the Orient Express. The It's like the third or fourth adaptation of this Agatha Christie novel. Is it really? Yeah. God damn. Yeah. It's been in TV shows over the years. Yeah. It's been in, in a movie. I knew there was a movie. Um, And so this is his take, I guess, on the material. Sure. Where, um, pronounce, the, pronounce his name. Hercule Poirot. Yep. He's our lead detective, um, and he finds himself on a train. Played by Kenneth Branagh. Yep, and he finds himself on a train where someone gets murdered, yes. and it's and it's a who done it, which one of the passengers did it, which one has motives. The interview process and and kind of uncovering this mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you did not care for this movie at all. I did not like this movie. Yeah. I did not like it in a bus. I did not like it. Makes me cuss. Makes uh, me cuss. Did not like it in a train. Kenneth Branagh brings me pain. Um, I liked it a little bit more than you. It like it it like just barely gets it. There's enough like like shintzy like glitz and glamour to the mystery that I'm kind of spoilers like, spoilers for this one because I'm kind of like uh, like oh this is kind of classic Hollywood. You got a bunch of famous people like you know who done it. I mean Knives Out did it a lot better, but um, but Let's, I don't know. There, okay. I'll get my good out of the way. Yeah. There are, there's some fun filmmaking here. Sure. When it's not on a green screen. I think there's certain moments of good cinematography and creative camera work. There's a specific scene in mind that's my favorite in the movie, which is the, uh, the first discovery of the dead body. The camera's put on the ceiling of the train and it keeps panning yeah. left and right following them. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And like, there's kind of, there's kind of a, a bit similar like that in Death of the Nile. There is. Um, and, and I enjoyed it. I was enjoying, you know, stacked cast, incredible cast. Um, yeah, I wish they were given something to dip. Yeah, a lot of actors uh, Oh, yeah, I'm still, I'm, still on, I'm still on positive. Um, I liked the concept, concept of the mystery. Yeah. Um, really reaching there, huh? I thought that it had energy in the... It was actually the the exact opposite yep, I was of say Death that. on the Nile. It had energy in the first half, and after the murder, it loses it. Mm -hmm. Death on the Nile, we'll get to a complete opposite. Um, also, racist Willem Dafoe. 
That was in my notes I wrote for this. Racist Willem Dafoe. Nazi Willem Dafoe. Uh, this is, okay, can we get into the bad now? Yeah, fuck yeah. So, okay. Um, so the murder, let's talk, so the murder mystery in this one, that I'm just gonna spoil the murder, spoilers, um, it, the one who's murdered is Johnny Depp, who's who is... Cassetti, and he's going under the name of Ratchet. And basically, uh, in a trial years ago, a, a baby was kidnapped from a family and killed. Yes, held for ransom. And we find out that everyone in this train was was hurt in 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 some like, way. Was like connected to this family. Daisy Ridley was the baby's governess. Uh, uh, Penelope Cruz was uh, the baby's nurse. Baby sister. Baby. Like they're all they're all related they're to all, this dead baby. And they somehow. and they all get together to basically take revenge. And they all stab him one time each. Yes. So they they all are everyone hurt. did it. Everyone did it. Conceptually cool. I'm sure that worked in the book. Uh, in, in a little penny dime mystery novelette that's from cool. like a hundred years ago. That's cool. I'm sure that's great. Um, it pro- does not read that well. No. Do you know why? Because they reveal every bit of information in this is revealed by exposition yep. dumping to the audience. Oh, you did this because you were here and you were related to this person because this person was related to that person. I, I think you just illustrated the biggest issue with both of these movies is that they don't take advantage of the fact that they're movie movies. Like watching they these, tell them show. watching these feels like I'm reading a book. Tell them show. Like I'm just being told things. And like you fill in the blanks, you know, and it's like that's I don't know, like like at least these kinds of movies that really movies like Knives Out have like subtlety to the mystery, and there's actual like like filmmaking and, yeah. and stuff like. Not to mention, uh, the characters are woefully underdeveloped here, with, uh, like with the exception of I guess Poirot and maybe his like bu- his buddy, and maybe like I don't know who gets the most Daisy to do, Ridley. Disney, I guess uh, the problem uh, here's the thing: a lot of characters talk. They yeah. say things, but you don't really like know anything about any of these characters. Or the, I mean, I guess they all ultimately have the same motivation. People like people like Willem Dafoe are given nothing. He's in it for like two minutes. Ten lines. Yeah. Um. And we can get into how inconsistent the filmmaking is here. Like you said, with Death on the Nile, it applies to this one too. Every scene shot on a set, like in the train, looks good. Yeah. Every scene outside in front of a green screen looks like shit. It's awful. Uh, terrible, terrible CG effects. I, I, don't, I don't know. Terrible green screen. Why more money wasn't put into that? But I guess he I thought know. people wouldn't notice. Uh, the budget, I think, of the first one was fifty-five million dollars. Okay, a little, uh, little more modest. Uh, that that cannot be applied to Death on the Nile. No. Um, and yeah, the problem is everything is so goddamn obvious. It's spelled out to you like you're a fucking idiot. Even it, even when it decides to show. It's so obvious. The, the, There's a shot. It's I remember. It's when Johnny Depp's walking down the train and he turns and he just he makes it a, a point to move his gun to the other side so you know he has a gun. And I'm like, you couldn't do that yeah. in a more subtle way. The, there's no there's no satisfaction when the mystery is solved. No, like, like it doesn't feel like the best mysteries make the audience feel like they're along for the ride. Like, but but this one just doesn't like this one just. I don't know. It I, doesn't doesn't handle the parceling of information very well. I think that the music's awful in this movie. Yeah. It's like the it look it sounds like temp music. 
like the worst kind of like stock, like, like ro- royalty free fucking cheesy ass. In fact, I actually laughed when they showed the murder scene of them all stabbing him one time because it's in yep. black and white shot like shit, and there's corny ass yep. music, and I it's laughed. Hilarious. I it's laughed like a out loud. Film. It's amateur. It's 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 amateur. That's what I'd say about this whole movie. It, it, it's a hot, it's a big budget production that feels like a play at times. Like a high school play. And then it's got a corny ass ending with like sequel bait. Mm-hmm. Again, I enjoy. I need you to ca- solve a death on this the cast is amazing. Judy Dench, Olivia Coleman, and yet somehow it's probably Josh Gad's best performance. It is. Yeah, he's one of the better parts of it. Um, Nobody ever really gets like. A moment to shine, except for Poirot, I guess. Yeah. Like, nobody ever... Barely. There's yeah, not really, like, any moments I remember. This movie's just forgettable. I, I What you said, I, his buddy's one of the best parts about it. Played by Tom Bateman, his name is... Book. Book. Um, and he's he's good. He's fun yeah. in both of these movies. Um, but there's just... There's such a lack of energy. Specifically after the murder, uh-huh. this film dies. Once it just becomes about questioning people on a train. Because it's the, not interesting. They, they don't, don't develop they don't, it They don't anymore. make it interesting. And it's just... It, it's corny. I, I don't like this movie. And... and well, it, Kyle. Yeah. If you like corn, then Kenneth Branagh has enough corn to fill the Nile. Why would you give Murder on the Orient Express? <sighs> like a very generous three out of five. Two out of five. I guess closer to two and a half than a one and a half. One star for no, the mustache. No. One, one star for the mustache. Yeah, two, um, two out of five. It stinks. You know what else stinks? Yeah. Death on the Nile. Um, this is the Enough sequel. champagne. Uh, this is the, the sequel, the long-awaited and I guess anticipated by your 90-year-old grandma who needs something to do on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, this, is a, this, this is like the first one, but they're on a boat. Anyway, <laughs> that's how I imagine Agatha Christie pitched it to her publishers back in the day. It's on a boat! Guys, nobody's ever been on a boat before. It's a boat. Um, so, I guess starting with spoiler-free, um, it, yeah, it literally is on a boat. He, so, like, he... <laughs> he um, this one is it's a wedding party between... between um, so, Ercu... Lene and... Um, or Lynette Well, okay... And, Sorry. Well, I guess we don't want to spoil it. Uh, yeah. I was going to talk about like the other uh, real opening of the movie. Oh. But, um, it, I, yeah, it, we'll do that. Well, in well, so yeah, so so this one, the actual like mystery we're on. There's a um, Lynette and Simon are getting married. He sh- he finds himself at the wedding because his friend uh, 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 Book is is there, and um, the. Uh, the crazy ex-girlfriend, in a way, yes. is accompanying him. And they're like, we don't feel safe. We want you here. She, she keeps, like, following them around on their honeymoon tour. Poirot, we, we want you here to uh, to protect us. And um, it ends on a... It, they're on a boat sailing <laughs> sailing through Egypt. I guess we can't really say who dies, because that's not yeah. really made it clear in the yeah, trailers. They're, they're sailing through Egypt and shit. And then a murder happens. Whoa. And he has to... Got, like an hour into the fucking movie. All right, let's get L- it. You said it. This movie has the exact opposite problem in murder, and that that first hour is rough. It takes a oh. it takes a long time for this movie to really get going. Once it gets there, it gets like moderately compelling. It does, yeah. Like I was fairly compelled like a little bit. Um, the I first mean, hour of this movie is rough. Um. It's it's somehow even more visually inconsistent than the first one. Just ugly. 
some shots are, like some shots are good. It'll go from like a really nice framed shot of like the pyramids to someone on a green screen in the sand. A lot of bad CGI too, like CGI boats and animals. Ooh, that and rock. Just, oh, terrible. Terrible. Um, ninety million dollars for this. Ugh. Most of it was spent on the cast. I Most of it was spent on a cannibal. Um, oof. Um, and. Yeah, the filmmaking is inconsistent. I will say, once the mystery got started, like you said, I was moderately compelled more so than the the mystery in the first sure. one well, for the, me. The, the first half is is like bad, and the second half's boring. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like I guess it's compelling, but it's not like I think I actually think uh, it didn't I, have me like ooh. No, no, no. You know? An, another like, thing that the that the second half did better was the filmmaking actually stepped up it, a little it picked bit. Up for some reason, like he was like he was like, oh thank God, I get yeah. to shoot the mystery, and he'll like circle the camera on people and the whole fucking movie. Um, the best shots actually in the first half. It's it's like they frame something like a church confessional, but it's behind like the butt. It was cool, um, but <laughs> like that's how that's kind of how i see kenneth Branagh. he's he's like a visual director but sort in, these, of? in these movies he's he's like limiting himself to like cg see, and... i don't think he's i don't think he's a visual director i think he's he considers himself like i, I i'm a storyteller oh you know what i mean like i like i bring i bring nar- i'm shakespeare i br- i bring narratives to well, the because screen. he did do like what I, exactly yeah you know what i mean like i think i think he likes to see himself that way and yeah. i think I think he finds Agatha Christie a lot more interesting than modern audiences do. And he's like, oh, I can make this like a like a fun new blockbuster franchise that the kids will all love. And it's, it's just not. Um, what I'll say, why, why I think I found the mystery more compelling in this one is in the first one because everything in the first one is related to a murder, to a case that happened previously... He has to explain the connections to that case yeah. over and over, even though we have no connection to it. And this one is more straightforward, like we we see everyone, so he doesn't have to do as much fucking deep digging. Counterpoint, in this case, in Death of the Nile, spoilers, it's revealed that there's like a case within a case that the movie completely stops itself to resolve. I forgot about that. I literally forgot about that scene. Yeah. Um... But but the actual central mystery, sure. I thought, didn't have to, like, exposit as much. Both end terribly. I'll say that. We can get in. Do we want to get into spoilers real quick? Yeah. What are you giving it? Fucking two and a half out of five. It's, two and a half. I found it moderately more engaging than the first one once you get past that fucking first act. I think... That's rough. I think the first movie is consistently meh. This one is pretty bad and then gets to meh. Uh, yeah, okay. So Gal Gadot is the one that's murdered. Yes. Uh, about an hour... Hour in the movie. Into the movie, the mystery starts. And I think that's the biggest mistake. Uh, like you said, like the, this mystery... I think I would think this mystery was better if it had been the subject of the entire movie. But the fact that we take an hour spending time with these uh, nothing characters, just these flat cardboard cutout one-note caricatures that we're supposed to care about... What I will say... Is I think that this movie gives the actors a little bit more to work with. Some of them, sure. Yeah, it gives them more. I mean, they're still so wasted. Russell Brand gets no, gets, gets nothing, nothing to, do. to do. Really, Ar- Army Army Hammer, Gal Gadot, up until she fucking dies. Um, they, they 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 yeah they're they're in it. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that the end book, I like book still. Yeah, he's, 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 honestly, I kind of wish the movies revolved more around him and Poirot. I do, I agree. Um, and then once, like, the chaos starts in the last, like, you're like, okay, you're you're along for it. It gets there, I guess. Uh, book dies. Yeah. Shot, uh, Kit Kit Harrington's girlfriend, Rose Leslie, is, uh, also on the boat. She sees... The killer who killed uh, Gal Gadot and uh, is also promptly murdered. So there are three deaths on the Nile in this movie. There were there were only there was only one death in the first movie. They upped it to three. They, they really did. Um, um, what I so so the actual murder. I'm I'm before I explain it. I'm surprised that I, I I saw it coming like two minutes before. I'm surprised I didn't pick it up because now that I'm thinking back, it's pretty obvious. See. I was right about one... Okay, well, I guess we'll talk about it. Um, so it's revealed uh, that the killers are Simon Doyle, uh, Gal Gadot's husband, played by Army Hammer, yeah. and Jacqueline, who was the crazy ex-girlfriend that's been following, who was kind of the red herring. And um, is also the least known actress in the movie. Her name is uh, Emma McKay. She's from Sex Education, I think. And also, she's, uh, she's kind of the best actress in the movie, uh, a little bit. I liked... I liked the blues singer. I yeah, she, she was good. She was good. Probably had the best lines in the movie, honestly. I, I, no, I agree. Um, I agree with that. I thought Rose Leslie was good. Yeah. She's, she's really cute. For uh, She's kind of like the mousy, like, like nursemaid. Like, Agreed. Uh, honestly, I hate to give him credit. I didn't think Simon... I, I didn't think uh, Army Hammer was that bad. I thought he was Weird ba- that he had an accent. I thought he was bad when he was crying. Cries like Sarah Paulson. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, uh, Gal Gadot's not good. Um, no, with enough champagne to fill the Nile. Um, but I didn't even realize that was a net bending in the movie. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. So it's those two. No, <laughs> Tisha right. Like what they show you in the in the in the earlier in the movie is that Simon is with Rachel and then meets Gal Gadot and then they fall in love. But it was really a ploy. Like they were. So. I guess I missed this. Why did they kill Gal Gadot? What, was it for... I'm assuming it was for the will money. Oh, yeah. I guess... Yeah, they she they was changed like, the will. She, yeah, she was like an heiress or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's never made explicitly clear. Put Army Hammer on the will to kill her to it's get the money. It's just so convoluted. Both of these movies are so convoluted. Yeah. There's too many characters. And I think it's all in a, in a conceited effort to throw off the audience. But, like, you don't want to confuse your audience. You want your audience to... Like be in the you want to drop the breadcrumbs. You, you don't want to be predictable, but you want like you want them to be along for the ride. And it's just like at a certain point, so much information. I hate to keep referencing Knives Out. It's if you want a good modern Agatha Christie mystery, you can do no better than Knives Out because that every twist is obvious on rewatches, but not obvious on like they. It's still subtle. Yes, it, it subverts your expectations in more unexpected ways. And I think none, neither of these movies really do that. Um, but anyway, uh, Jacqueline and Army Hammer shoot themselves in the end. Uh, I, we didn't mention this at the end of Murder in the Orient Express. Uh, when it's revealed that all of them did it, uh, he lets them all go because he learned a lesson about uh, true that justice he has to or whatever. Spell out Earth to you. Poirot is the worst fucking law official I've ever. Bo- both of the murder in both of these movies. All the murderers escape justice. He's a good detective and a terrible lawman. Yeah, he's like he's like once he figures out the mystery, he's like, all right, my work here is done. Yeah, these two kill each kill kill themselves. Yeah, army our uh, Jacqueline shoots. 
I, honestly, I, I, I don't think it's ever... It's not made explicitly clear, but, like, I think it would have been more interesting if it was more implicit that, like, clearly he didn't have that in mind. Like, yeah. she did that, like, you know, for to both of them. Right. But, yeah, the... God forbid this movie have any, like, moments of dramatic irony. You want to talk about the opening scene? Okay, so (laughs) Kenneth Branagh not having scratched that Belfast itch. uh, The opening scene is set in Belgium. It is the origin of Hercule Poirot's exquisite mustache. It is set in World War I, I believe, and Hercule Poirot helps the soldiers devise this plan to get across no no man's land. By the way, like, the wind is blowing. They can use the gas to cover their tracks, whatever. Uh, they get over there, they win the battle, everything's cool, and then uh, the captain, who, who's like a bait and switch, you think the captain is Poirot until you see de-aged Kenneth Branagh. Um, yep. Um, and then the captain blows up, and Poirot blames himself, and he goes to the hospital, and he's all fucked up in the face, and he's like, they literally rip off the scene from The Dark Knight, where he's like faced away, and you can't and see his scars, and then he turns... I think I even leaned to you. I, you know, I was like, what was that name? The boys at the precinct got down for me. Um, fuck it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Um, yeah, and then uh, the nurse who he's in love with uh, tells him to just grow a mustache. And then the movie starts. I laughed out loud. Yeah. Lost my um, goddamn mind. Somehow better shot than the rest of the movie. Somehow. Black and white. Yeah. I, I don't know. Don't go watch it. These these two movies are just nothing. I guess if Agatha Christie's your thing, check it out. But there's other murder mysteries. Man. There are. Watch Clue. I, don't know, I guess these movies got to be for someone. I guess so. They're not for me. No. I'm never gonna watch them again. I'm not no, gonna, think, not even about gonna about think about them. Yeah. No, they're just um, generic. There's a bit in Death on the Nile where I, I had a visceral physical reaction because Letitia Wright, Gal Gadot, and Army Hammer were all on screen together. Yeah. And I was like, ugh, like the awfulness radiated out of the end of the theater. Yeah, it did. <clears throat> yeah, uh, two and a half out of five, this one kind of sucked. <laughs> I don't like either of these movies. I this agree. one is moderately better to me. Yeah. Great week. Yeah. We had you, Kimmy. You ready for next week? We had... So next week, I, I guess I'll do this before the plug because that, that's a good segue. Good, yeah, you're right, you're right. We will be talking about the new video game adaptation of my some of my favorite video games of all time, yep. Uncharted. And then also the new Netflix sequel reboot. I have no idea what it is. Uh, for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a movie uh, I have seen no other entries in the franchise of. <clears throat> and also... I haven't either. I saw... Wait, no. I saw the remake. We, uh, I think Dog is also coming out. We might check that one out. Or The Cursed... A lot of shit coming out this weekend, but definitely uh, Uncharted and Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, they dropped the the, it's just Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There you go. Um, I want I want to read to you, um, I want to read to you some of the trivia on, oh, on this sure. movie on IMDb. It's very, uh, it's very promising. Uh, on August 21st, 2020, initial director split from the project during the first week of filming. Uh the duo was replaced and scrapped who scrapped and replaced the previous footage and also the test screenings were unanimously negative reviews yikes so this is going to be a good movie going to be a good weekend guys get ready thank you so much for listening thank you for sitting through us talking about terrible movies if you guys like the we, pod- we do this for you we suffer for you 
If you guys like the podcast, you can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K-R-I-E-G-H-B-A-U-M. And you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Fatman99 on Letterboxd at my name, Jordan Dennis. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Leave a message, leave a like, tell your friends about us, or just continue to listen and show your support. It means the world. You gonna, you gonna fucking say anything? You got anything uh, to say to the people, Kyle? Why don't you thank them, huh? Alonzi. <laughs>